This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello there everybody and welcome to the Line of Vienna Suite podcast episode 69. You are hearing us correctly, we managed to do two successive episodes within a week for the first time in quite a long time, so lucky you. Joining me, Dan Murphy, on this fine Monday evening is, of course, Mr Johnny Eccleslet. Johnny, how's it going? I'm good, thanks mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, it's just I'm on the shite virgin internet because I'm back at uni and... As we all well know on this podcast, Virgin Internet is fucking shite. Also joining me is, of course, it's Tom. Tom, how's it going? I've missed you, fella. Did you have a good Christmas? Uh, not too bad. I've got a question for you, Dan, that requires a one-word answer. Is Pep Guardiola a fraud? No. Ooh. Is that the right Ooh. answer? Is that the right answer? Moving on. Ooh, is that the wrong answer? Listen, we're not going to talk about it. You can delve your argument I'm if you sta- want. I'm, start, I'm starting to doubt it. I'm starting to doubt his, his abilities. I'm intrigued. I mean, he's cra- he looks like he's about to crack. He looks like he he's looks about broken. To the I will give you that. He doesn't yeah, look that, 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 if I was a City fan, that's the worst bit about it, I think. The fact that he's... Uh, he just so- it looks like he's soaking. Yeah. Looks devastating. Oh, he looks like he's going to wake up in the morning surrounded by empty bottles of Jack Daniels or something. He just looks... Like a fucking devastated, broken man. It's quite... Yeah, sad. well, he's never known... never really known it in his managerial career to, mm. to lose games like this, especially 4-0 away at Everton. And they've got Tottenham next week as well. They're going to get absolutely shafted. I know, it's quite amusing. They could easily fall at the top four now. It's quite amusing. No doubt he'll let the uh, FC fraudiola lot. They'll be buzzing with that. He's a manager that I've, I've never seen such... Like there's almost like teams like pro Pep and anti Pep. It's like I've never seen a manager garner so much, you know, visceral reactions before. Like he has, it's quite, it's quite interesting. People just uh, people just want to hate him because he's been so successful, and people want him to fail in the Premier League because they feel like everyone's talked about him as such a good manager for so long, and he's won so many trophies, and then. It's like England is the, the test and people accuse him of not coming like Swerve in England when he left Barcelona. Mm. But he's here, he's here now. But everyone knows that it's difficult to do it in your first season. The first, the last person to do that was probably Mourinho at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the current Chelsea manager, some could argue. I think, yeah, true. I think it's, it's weird because people, people see it as like England getting one over on the clever foreigners who fiddle about with our game just because you know he comes over here and tries to do things differently. He fiddles about somewhat too much at times, but he's seen as different. As, and as you say, because people think, because people heap on praise 
for him, justifiably, because he's the manager of the, one of the greatest teams ever created. That's such an English view of it, though. Yeah, just little Englanders hating Do you know, the foreigner. I don't, I don't know whether it's... I, I certainly don't think our league's better than the two leagues he's played in, but, I mean... In Spain, when you're Barcelona, all you need to do is be better than Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And this season, yeah. maybe Sevilla. In in Germany, you just need to make sure you're better than Dortmund. But it, I'm not saying that our league's a better league, but he's got Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. Our league's got more better uh, teams in it. I think, I think he's got a, a, a wider group of teams that could win the Yeah, it's just, it's just more competitive and it's also more physical. So you've got to go... You got to go to your West Broms. You got to go to your Stokes, and even you, you plucky little teams like your Bournemouth and your Hulls, and they're all there to to throw up an upset because they're all fighting. Whereas in in Spain and and um, Germany, you've got those clubs that just expect to, to do shit every season. Like they never they know they're never going to win it, and I suppose to some extent, so do your smaller teams in England. But they still put more of a fight. Mm. Not to mention the corruption that occurs in Spain quite often, but. Yeah, Allegedly, true. what can we do? Speaking of breaking and breaking under the pressure, Bull and Wanderers. Speaking of teams Swindon. that know the shit and just accept mediocrity, Bull and Wanderers. Swindon Town. Yeah, Johnny, you're the only one there. You're the only one there to witness a David Wheater wonder goal that was then subsequently will never be mentioned again because we lost a game to fucking Swindon at home. Why don't you talk to us about it? Um, I was fucking furious when they, when they scored the winner, as I'm sure many other people were, but I don't. I have like a thing that I never really leave early. Like I'll, and that's, that's got a valid reason for it. Like I need to go before full-time. And the, only, the last time I left early was when... Under Gary Megson, we were playing against Hull, mm-hmm. and uh, we were winning two 0 at our time. We drew two all, and that was like one of Megson's last games, I think. It and was, that was his last game. He was last the next day. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the last time I can remember leaving before the final whistle, um, and I was absolutely livid. They just, they just never really got going. Like it was just such. It reminded me so much of the second half against MK Dons. I don't know if either of you two enter that game. No. Um, they were just like slow. They were just slow and laboured, and no one really looked like they wanted it. There were gaps all over the place, and it was almost like Swindon dragged us down to their level a little bit. Which I think I said on a podcast um, after the MK Dons game. It was just really, really strange. Like, we, we never, we didn't really have many chances. Zach Clough was poor again. Josh Bell didn't really get in the game. Um, we did miss Sammy Amiot. Massively, there was a real lack of creativity. Um, it just wasn't good at all, and I don't know why. Because they've had they've had more than enough rest. It's not as if they like you would. You, I think I said it after the game on on Saturday to, to you boys. Like you think they played on Friday night? Mm. It says that they were quite quite sluggish and just couldn't get out of a funk. Yeah, I don't really know why though. Like, there's no, there's no reason for it. It seems like we're gonna have. Like, it's not one as of if, these like, say they've played. It seems like we're gonna have one of these games just every now and then, when we could. It's always at moments when we could capitalise. Obviously, Sheffield United got battered by Walsall four-one. Rochdale and Bradford both lost or failed to pick up three points. I think did Scunny not win either? They 
They drew as well, I think. So, yeah, no, so they won 2 1. Oh, did they win? But oh, they were losing, though. They were losing. Yeah, they came back and won. So, every team around us, apart from Scunthorpe, dropped points. It would have been a real uh, good opportunity to push on for that second place. And instead, we fucked up, and it leaves us still, I think, a good six, four or six points behind Sheffield United, somewhere in that region. And automatics are looking, at the minute at least, obviously, there's a long way for the season to go, looking quite a distant. Hope, but um, yeah, it seems like every now and then we're going to have one of these just brain fart losses in us. You know, it was like Oxford United a few months ago, MK Duns, as you said, and uh, Southend. No, was it Southend? Not Southend, who was it? Who did we lose to res- fairly recently? Peterborough. Yeah, that's the one. So. Chesterfield. Yeah, Chesterfield, that was the one because I was fucking there and it was shite. Results like that, they just kind of come out of nowhere where we just don't get going, and it's kind of worrying, wouldn't you say, Johnny? Yeah, I think maybe, I don't know, a bit of complacency that thinks, oh, especially when we're at home, they're like, oh, we're, the, we're like undefeated in however many games at home in the league, like, we, this is our home record, the, the Macron's a fortress sort of thing, and then you, you just find that some teams just don't roll over for you, but it just really winds me up that we could, the last time we played at home in the league, we beat, we beat the league leaders, yeah. well, the then league leaders, and in such a convincing performance, it was so... So good to win in that spirit and score such a late goal, and and then they got a great. They played really well against Palace. Got a great draw in that game, and then the next home game you play, you, you're just not good enough. I, I don't. I can't really put my finger on what it was. Like the goals we conceded were, were pretty. Well, the, the first one was a rocket. Um, there's not really much you could do about that. But the defending leading up was. Was average chances if you get what I mean, and it, they were just simple things, and it's just really frustrating to see that, like you say, in in a, a situation where we've got a game in hand, and then obviously unbeknownst to the players, all our rivals are also dropping points. It's just annoying that we we couldn't capitalise, and like I say, I can't lift my finger on why. Was the what do you reckon, Tom? What do you reckon there is to our inconsistency, or just the odd, you know, brain fart of the game? That's form, isn't it? It's just uh, I don't think we can look too deeply into it without accepting that this is going to happen. I mean, it's it's only the second time we've lost at home this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's January. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, let's look at the wider picture. Our home form has been fantastic, and that is why we. We're very disappointed with this result because our home form is really so good, yeah. and we rely on our home form to to get us to get us over the line. If we were consistent home and away, we wouldn't be too bothered about this result. Um, and you've got to remember as well, Swindon away, we uh, ended that rubbish run we were on with a, a last minute win. That really, we were on top, but we wouldn't have been moaning too much had we had we come out with a draw. So it's one of those things. It's it's, it's going to happen on. On those odd occasions where we're not at a hundred percent, we're not at our best. And listen, if we if, if we lose going for a win, I mean I know there's no good way to lose, but I mean I've seen us at the at the Macron last season trying to trying to hold on for a draw at home and and losing to the last minute goals. Um, I mean that and that's a, that's that's a rubbish game of football to watch. We weren't at our best, but we we went for it. Um, and 
it's going to happen. We're going to lose the odd game at home. It's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Our home form generally is very good. Fair enough. Were there any performances that particularly stood to you, either good or bad, on Saturday, Johnny? Um, Beavers and Wheater were, were generally good. Wheater's goal was outstanding. Mm, talk um, us through it, talk us through it. Take your time. It just fully came out of nowhere. Um, who'd I been saying? I've been saying it to someone literally just before. Um, oh, I was saying the, the only way I could score in today is for a set piece. And then we're on the attack and the ball got put out for a corner. And um, and I was like, oh, here one is now. And then the ball came, the corner came in from Spearing. Spearing set pieces were really, really poor on Saturday. Like, he failed to beat the first man, I'd say, five plus times from both corners and free kicks, which is very unlike him. When that was that kind of summed up our day, really. Um, but the ball came over and Wheat was sort of penalty spot, maybe a little bit further out. And he... Uh, he just lifted his leg up so high, I didn't even know he could do that. And then caught it on the volley. It was just, I don't know if it took a deflection on its way in. or It, it, like it, it, it did hit the net kind of strangely, though. I must say, it was kind of weird. He must have like kind of shinned it, maybe, or like off, slid off his butt. Yeah. Foot, in the, foot it, looked, it, it looked like he, he caught it pretty sweet. Um, but I don't know if it took a deflection, like the corner on its way in took a deflection, which helped him get on the end of it. Or like I say, it took a deflection on its way into the net. But it was a great goal, and says something about our uh, goal-scoring capabilities up top when we have scored as many as he has this season um, mm. after after not really scoring very many at all in in years gone by. So yeah, it was, it was a cracking goal. I mean, their their uh, their first one absolutely trumped it. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it was a, some poor defending by by Laurie Wilson. I'm sorry to say, Tom and. Uh, the ball got shifted out to the edge of the box to their centre midfield. I don't know what his name was. He's, a, he's number seven for them, tall lad. And uh, he fully unleashed hell for about 20 yards. And Anik, he didn't even dive. He was just like flat tight, but he was going way too fast for him to even think about. So, yeah, any, any good slash bad performances then? Um, yeah, Wheater Beavers were good. Uh, Clough was poor, really poor. Like, just making the wrong decisions, shooting when he should be passing, just really lack like lack of anything. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, he, he, people are talking about him being so good in League One, and I'm, I'm yet to see evidence of it. Scored a couple of nice free kicks, scored some decent, relatively decent goals, scored a great chip against uh, Coventry, I think it was. Um... At home, but other than that, I'm I'm yet to see much from him, and I expect a lot more from a player who apparently we value a hell of a lot of money. Um, we should we should really be doing a lot more, and I personally don't think he's worth anywhere near what some of the younger players in in our league are going for at the moment. Mm-hmm. Most notably, Luckman, who went to Everton and made his debut against City, and. Went and scored the fourth goal. So, yeah, Lugman, he's exactly. a good player. And, uh, yeah, it's a weird one with Clough. He's just started with like against Chesterfield and a couple of games before that where he just wasn't taking his chances in one-on-one situations. And he seems like his confidence has just kind of divvied on from there. It's a weird one. What do you reckon, Tom? He's played a lot of football. Um, I mean, he's got a, a decent run in the side now after an injury earlier in the season. It's getting to the point now where we're going to see 
what what he can make of himself, I think. But, I mean, let's not take away, in terms of natural talent, this is probably the best young player we've had in a long time. I mean, I, I don't think... I mean, Rob Holding could could go on to be something very good at Arsenal, but in terms of young players coming through, I, I'm probably going to go back as far as Kevin Nolan. Um and that's the reason why there's so much focus on his performances, because he is naturally a very talented footballer. So we're looking to him when things are going, you know, when things are tough and we're not getting the rub of the green against a team like Swindon. We're looking to see what he can do. We need more in that team than to be looking at Zach Clough to produce some magic to win us the game. We need more than that. Um, there's, a, there's probably a bit too much pressure on him. So would you say we're lacking... Uh, certain Sammy Amiobi by any chance? Yeah, or, or, or you know, replaceable alternative because it, it, I don't know whether he was on the bench at the weekend, wasn't he? Um, for Newcastle. Um, I, I wouldn't hold out any hope for, for for having him back. So we need to really find a, an alternative. Um, but we, we, we can't rely. I mean, it'd be the same if Clough was injured and it was all going through Amiobi. You can't rely on one creative player to, to win you a football match. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny, how much do you think we're missing Amiobi? Um, quite a bit. Just on Clough, by the way, before we move on. Uh, I think he's, I agree, I fully agree with Tom, but I also disagree in the sense that we're in the Championship, people are saying how good he was and that he could he could play in the Premier League either in now or in years to come depending on what your opinion is and then we dropped down a league and people are saying oh he should really be tearing it up now and by rights he should be and he's he's someone you'd look to to be a 20 goal a season player but I think one of the reasons why he's not doing that at the moment is because he's been played out of position his position is being taken up by Josh Feller um, and arguably I would say that that's Cook's best position in that number 10 role where he can do the most damage um, but he's not being played there because Villa's playing so well. Mm. Yeah, he's out wide, um, isn't he? Yeah, he's playing on the left, cutting in on his right foot. Um, and it worked well when Andy Obi was playing on the right and cutting in on his left foot. But now we've got James Henry playing in place of Andy Obi and he's right-footed. So, mm-hmm. we've lost that. Uh, that sort of dynamic now cutting in from wide areas both players cutting inside to cause defensive problems so like Tom said we need to find someone to replace him yeah how, how did um, Henry done? how did Henry do against uh, Swindon I thought Henry was pretty good he's, he's definitely uh, it just shows how players can come back from the dead a bit like Yaya Torre at City um, he was. I didn't think much of Henry. I thought in his first game for us, he played in a number ten-ish role, and I thought he looked alright in the first half. And then he kind of died off a little bit. And you expect more from a player of his quality, especially someone who's come down from a team, sort of dropped down a league to get football. Um, and then he's. I don't know. He, he's been good. He took an advantage of uh, the opportunity that he's been handed because I'm hope he's. I mean, he's left us, but then, I don't know, is he, is he going to stay? Would I want to sign him? Probably not. He's not that good. He's done okay, but he's not my favourite type of winger. I'm more of a, a faster, smaller 
person who can attack and run at defences and I don't feel Henry's that guy. He's slightly more technical. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, what was your original question? Oh, are we missing out on the OB? Oh, that's the um, one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are, mate. And I wasn't his biggest fan because his end product, although he scored some good goals against Gillingham and Sheffield United in the FA Cup, oh, like that's, that's a good part of his game. But then I really don't think... His end product, when he's got the ball on the deck, is that good? He gives it away far too much. Uh, and I think if we're smart about how we do business, we can find a player of equal or, if not better, quality on loan for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, we are in the transfer window now. We're in the midst of it, and there's rumours are swirling. Sad, we'll talk about Alf again momentarily, but do you think there's... We've lost Anderson, for one. Kessie Anderson's gone back to Palace. So we're already down another striker, along with Amy Obi, who's also left us. So obviously we, we're lacking in attacking positions now, but where else are including attacking? Do you think we need to strengthen in January? Johnny? Um, I think it is really just up top. I think we're pretty solid at the back. Um, you look across the back line, you say if Laurie Wilson gets injured, Buxton can come in. If Taylor gets injured, you've got Moxie. Um, Beavers and Wheater and Derek and Thorpe are all interchangeable in that sense um, we've got other players like Prattley to come back who can sit into midfield if you have to take Thorpe out to play into um, centre-half so I think it's just going forward we need, we're need we missing someone like Liam Feeney and I know Chris listening to this is probably cringing at the thought of that but we're missing an out-and-out winger Someone like Amiobi, who can get at players and cause problems, but at the same time has a bit of end product, can get the crossing and then find a man, or can cut inside and make something happen rather than running his trouble and falling over. So, yeah, I think it really is going forward, particularly in wide areas. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, it's all up top. Uh, obviously, Prattley's back, Max Clayton's back, and they're two almost brand new signings Clayton's changing games when he comes on um, when Prattley was on form in the championship he's a very good championship midfielder so if we can get the best out of him again um, we might be able to, to to make use of him it's all it's all up top we need someone who's going to be capable of playing on that right wing um, I'm happy with Henry and Vela in the number 10 role and we definitely need depth up top because he's now got He's now got his two target men. Um, Medine's his favourite, and obviously Proctor is his, uh, his understudy or his replacement. He's not played them up front together since Wimbledon, I think, from the start. Um, yeah, you might be right. So, I, I would hope and assume that letting Keshi Anderson go means that they've got an iron in the fire. Because if mm. we, you know, if we can see that we're short up front, they're not going to. Surely they're not going to let you know the third option go with with nothing planned otherwise. Hundred percent. I think we all hope and want the fire in the the iron in the fire to be. So I say, Adam Lafondra, Johnny. We, me and Chris discussed this in depth last week, but so my opinion's known. But do you want Lafondra back? Yeah, hundred percent. I think anybody that doesn't is, is a fool. He scored. He scored so many goals for us in the championship. So and since since leaving us, what's the start? He's Four goals in 35 games. I believe that is correct, yes. Um, so, it's obvious that 
he, he liked being at the club, whether it was Lennon as a manager or the position he's played in or whatever. And there's a lot of lads here now still who played with him. So I think if we sign him, he'll, he'll kick on. The fans love him and hopefully he's played in, in the right role because if we sign him again, where does he fit in? Who do you take out of the team for him? I've got one reply for you there, Johnny, and that is Gary Medine. Do you think? 100%. No, I, I pre- but then our, sta- our style of football has to completely change. Right. I went through this a lot last week, so I'll try and paraphrase. A, if we're changing it to suit LaFondra, who scores goals, then that's not a bad thing. B, I don't... LaFont, there's a myth about Medine, right? Medine works hard, he works really hard, he wins flick on to one, but he does not hold the ball up. He either flicks it on, or he falls over in a vain attempt to win a free kick, which often fails. He's not a strong player who holds the ball up in the slightest. He runs about a lot, which is fine, whatever, fair dues. But he doesn't hold the ball up, and LaFondra can hold the ball up just as much, or just as not as Medine does. So I don't think we have to change that much at all. Now, I, I can understand the effort side. Maybe LaFondra isn't much of a runner. But if we have Vela up there with him anyway, he does a lot of the running that Medine does. I think it's an all-brainer that the reason we rely on Medine's pressing so much is because we're not scoring goals enough, which means we we usually only have a one-goal lead or so, meaning we have to keep the pressure up in order not to concede. If LaFondra's on the pitch, theoretically... We're going to score more goals because that's what he does. Especially if he ends up linking with Clough as well as he did last time he was here. And there's not much as need of this pressing that we do. And so, to me, having Lafondre is a no, literally a no brainer. I can't understand a reason against it in an, in any shape or form. And simple fact of the matter is, whatever Medine may bring to the team, he does not score enough goals, and it's starting to cost us. I kept poising. Case in point, Swindon time on Saturday. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I would with that comment about Medine. Tom, what do you think about Lafondra? I think if you're hoping that Lafondra is going to come in and he's going to play him up front on his own instead of Medine, you're going to be disappointed. I, I think agreed. I, I, if you think that Phil Parkinson is is going to gamble on changing the style of play and and put LaFondra, who, who isn't a target man type of striker, I think he's going to put him up front there on his own. Um, I think you'd be surprised. I think. And listen, I, don't listen, think I, was, I don't think it's happening, I, as I'm hoping, I'm guessing. Uh, well, for a start, I don't I don't think we'll get him, I think. Okay. Um, I'll be, uh, well, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I'll be surprised if we do, because we're past halfway now, and... I don't know whether they're waiting for Keshi Anderson to go before we can bring one in. I don't know. But we've also lost another lone player in Amiobi. So it can't be a case of one in, one out. Because that's two out. Um, I, I like Lafondra. He scored goals when he was here. I think he feels feels a bit of love, doesn't he? He quite likes to retweet on, uh, on Twitter when he gets a nice message. I feel like when he was here last time that he clicked... My two my two reservations with Lafondra. First of all, I wouldn't be willing to sacrifice the best form that Josh Vela's having in his career for an older striker, um, because I think we have a duty to our younger players to give them time. This is the time to let them to let them show whether they've got it. I wouldn't sacrifice Vela for Lafondra if that's what 
people thinking, let you know, let's put him no, in at number ten. I think, and I, and I, the way the way our the way our style of play is, I wouldn't put him up front instead of Medine. Um, we'd have we'd have to change the shape. I'm not quite sure how he's tried the diamond with two up front before. And remember when Lafondra was at the at, at the Reebok, you know, he wasn't up there on his own. He was he was as part of a of a two. Was he? Because I'm remembering. I seem to remember we playing a four-two-three-one with Clough just behind him, and Clough and Elvondra isn't exactly a, um, you know, a strong bustling partnership, is it? No. No, I think it's, and I think it's too much of a risk to change your style of play at this point. When you look at where we are, we're, we're almost where we need to be. We just we are off, but we're, we're not we're not that far off. I don't think that Phil Parkinson will gamble a, a, a big change in the way we play at this point. You probably. I right. fully agree with that. Yeah, You're probably I fully right. Agree. But to me, all I'm seeing like, not Lafondre is nothing but an improvement on Medine. Like, and no, you might say he's not. You know, it's a different style of play, whatever, but. To me, even if we get him on loan and he only uses him as a sub, and he comes on and gets important goals every now and again, and we've because his contract runs out with Cardiff in the summer, if we get him in now, because fuck knows if we get up, we can't rely on Medine then because that's not happening. But if we get, you know, if we get Medine, if we get Lafondre in then, sorry, and he's accustomed to it and he agrees to join us permanently next summer, it's just laying the foundations for hopefully something good, isn't it? Yeah, well, his he's, he's, his career at Cardiff's gone. He's obviously wasting his time at Wigan. They don't know a good striker when they see one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he, I think he needs this. And even if he comes for six months, scores goals, and gets himself a, a move to, to another club, it's, it works for him, doesn't it? Listen, he it's it's not it's not gone too right for him since he left us. He went to Wolves and didn't didn't do too well. He just I just think he needs to feel uh, needs to feel a bit loved again and. You never know. He might come, score a few goals, and I think stay at home. He was that good score for twenty us. goals in the championship, and happily ever after. I think people are forgetting as well. We are in League One, and Fonda will fucking rinse League One. Now, obviously, there's questions about if he can still do it because he's had a couple of rough years. But if he gets anywhere near the form he had for us in the championship, when we were a shit championship team, or at least a middling one, he'd absolutely rinse. League One, it doesn't matter. Like he's yeah. saying, once you've got goals, it doesn't really matter if you're pressing or not. And I've just got the team up from when he scored at a brace against Millwall when we beat him two 0 and the team, whilst depressing, looking at it, Lafondre played up front on his own with Good Johnson even next to him or in support, you know, in that ten role. <laughs> the team, listen to this team: Amos Vella, Mills, McCarthy, Reem, Walker, Dan's, Bannon, Phoenix, Good Johnson, Lafondre, the bench: Hall, Heskey, Lonergan, Twardzik. Man, we've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, guess who was on the bench for Millwall? Beavers. Mark Beavers, yeah. yeah. What a world. It's not, it's not a bad team, that. Ours. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to remember as well, think about, you know, the way, this ideal way that Lennon wanted to play because we were soft in the middle. We yeah. were trying to pass it. The amount of times 
Neil Dan's had the ball in the centre circle and he found a fullback and got the ball back and it went nowhere. <laughs> it's a very different style of play. Very different style of play. You won't get you won't get Idaho Johnson playing in the number ten role under <laughs> Phil Parkinson. Oh no, hundred percent now. No, he doesn't work. He doesn't work hard enough. And again, you, you can't. You just can't drop Medine because he's the he's the pivot to the oh, every attack. Medine's never been a pivot of anything. Mate, oh, he's the, the ball pivot. accidentally hits him no, every now and then and it falls to someone who twats it in. I I agree with what Tom just said that we've got a duty to our younger players, but the only person I, I would consider dropping for Adam Lafondra is that Clough. And that's madness. Because at the end of the day, developing youth is well and good, and I'd like to see us doing it, but first things first is winning fucking football matches, wouldn't you say? I feel like Tom's got a strong opinion about this. No, it's just madness. Think about the financial position we're in. You've got someone coming in for a six-month loan who's a free agent in the summer. Yeah. Or you've got somebody who could be our biggest sellable asset. I mean... Our biggest sellable asset is our least... You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't at least the one we'll get the most money from. The, the, only thing, the, only thing I will say, the only thing I will say that Johnny said is whether you like the guy or not, whether you think he's a donkey or whether you think he's... The, the, the middle of every good thing we do. You can't deny Gary Medine is very important to Phil Parkinson. Whether you like him that. or not. I won't deny that. And I won't deny that he's, his efforts, he puts in effort and he, you know, he's clearly doing something right. But he's just not a good footballer. And if in any way we can upgrade... <laughs> no, he's not. But he doesn't, he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be. He does. He's when we lose it to Swindon all. No, he's the only player he died in, in apparently. Squad. Yeah, no, he had a shit game on Saturday. He did have a shit game. I'll admit that. I'm Gary Medine's biggest fan, and he had a shit game. Um, he did, he died once after he was getting frustrated in the second half for not getting anything off the ref. True, but no one else in our squad can do what Gary Medine does. Jamie Proctor is a fucking waste of space. There is <laughs> well, he, he can't. He, he just can't. He can't do it. He can't do it like Medine does it. He just can't hold the ball up. He's just not. He's no, no lad, Medine doesn't hold the ball up. Doesn't hold not his game. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. He passes it on or flicks it on. He does not hold it. He does not keep hold of the ball. He's. I reckon if you fucking went back through our Bolton games and counted, like, worked stopwatch, the amount of time continuously this season Medine has been on the ball is less than five minutes. He does not keep He does not have more than three or four touches before the ball is gone again. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because he, he just brings others into play quickly when it's going well. But he doesn't hold the ball up. From what I've seen, at yeah, least. He, does, do I know? he does. He does try and move the ball on quickly. He does try and find somebody. Pivot, lads. He's a pivot. <laughs> Fucking hell, Pep Guardiola. Well, over here. Like I said, we, you know. We, although I, I feel like I am going in circles, but whether nice you one. like the guy or not, whether you think he's a donkey or not, he's he's very important to Phil Parkinson's way of playing. Yeah, hundred percent. And he's. I'll, I'll give him the credit. He's been a lot better this season than he was last season. But let's move on because he's fat. He's he's oh. found his level. That's well, right. yeah. There my final, my final question is to, to to wrap it all up again. One word answer: yes or no. Would you sacrifice putting Josh Vella in a sitting midfield position again to play Lafondra behind Medine? Johnny, yes or no? No, no. Dan, no. Right. You want to go from would you? Far? No. I would not go that far. Good. So after, from all that, we found something to agree on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> moving on. We've got Palace tomorrow, or tonight, depending on when you're probably listening to this. The FA Cup replay, the winner gets to meet Pep Guardiola in a home draw. If we win, we get put on telly on the Sunday. 
But if we lose, United will be on the telly against Wigan. So double incentives. If we're on the telly, that's another 140k worth of income. Big Sam's Palace. Keshi Anderson's back there. I know apparently he's cup tied, so he won't be scoring against us. Thank God. Johnny, what's going to happen? Did um... go on, oh, Tom. Oh, Tom. After did you. either of you see what? Did either of you see what Big Sam said today? I did. Yes, I, I did. I, I did too. Yeah. If if we if we lose tomorrow, they can't call themselves Premier League footballers. Mm, we should I'm not be beating teams like Bolton I'm not being funny. I'm not being funny, but if you're a manager, I don't care what your ego is like. If you're yeah. a manager and you still haven't got your first win, that is a lot of pressure to put on yourself. He's fully, right. fully tempting fate there. Yeah, that that's the that thing that Parkinson puts out and pins on a wall, isn't it? In the changing room. No words needed, lads. Just fucking read that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's it. That's his, that's your team talk done. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, that's these talk. are these are similar to the the comments that Mourinho made. But that's not forget when uh, uh, Phil Parking four two. So it could happen, lads. What? Yep. I I I do think I I do think we'll get a result. I think I think it'll go. Extra time, and I think we'll nick it in extra time. Interesting. What are we thinking team-wise? Because we all said that we looked knackered on Saturday. Were we saving ourselves for this game? Johnny? No. Mm, no, I don't think so. I think they would have had a major bollocking. Phil Parkinson doesn't seem like the kind of bloke to, to shout at. It doesn't seem like his manager. But I feel like they would have had a pretty, pretty good talking to after Saturday's performance. Um all the players know the financial implications of getting as far as possible in televised competitions and a, a game against City at home is going to be close to a sellout, I'd say, especially if it's on TVs. It's a bumper game. There'll be loads of fans who want to come and watch it. There'll be City fans in the in the uh, home end. It, it wouldn't even surprise me if we did what we did against uh, Leeds last season where we extended their away allocation. Um was it Leeds? I think it was Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where we extended their away allocation, get a little bit of extra cash in because they know if it's on. Is it BT Sport or is it on BBC? B. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. One of the two, I suppose. Because again, like it's massive TV revenue, so it's just it's it's a no-brainer for me. Play a strong team, and if you get beat, you get beat. But at least you tried. Mhm. And same for you, Tom. I don't think we've got the luxury of choice, really, have we? In oh, terms of no, squad rotation, no, I don't think. We... I mean, I, my 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 prediction is Allardyce is starting to panic because if he's still waiting for that first win, people have said, "Oh yeah, Big Sam, that's them staying up," and he's still waiting for his first win. Um, they're not playing well. They they seemed like they were going to hold West Ham off, and then they ended up losing three nil, which is very unlike Big Sam to lose by so many away from home. Um, it I, says a lot. It says a lot, my, doesn't it? My prediction is: my prediction is, Max Clayton starts and he scores a brace. He scores one in Ooh. none and one in extra time. Bold, Johnny. What very you bold. Um, I was going to say it says a lot that Allardyce is recalled Anderson. Um, do you think yeah I think it says a lot whether it's it's been the spin on it is we've sent him back or that he's been recalled I feel like there's been some conversation between the clubs and to recall a player that hasn't played hasn't has he started Anderson I don't think he has has he I don't he started so. did he not start when he scored on his debut and it came yeah. back yeah that's oh right. yeah that was a long time ago 
So he's, he started one. He started one game that I can remember, um, and a Premier League club's recalled him from a League One club where he can't even get in a team. That says a lot about how, how badly Palace are struggling. It might be another uh, alleged Sami Amiobi situation where we haven't given him any money. So you know, it might not be a tactical move. Yeah, but predictions wise, I'm going to go with one nil Bolton. And I reckon G.A. Spearing will get the goal. Well, since people, so many people slagged me off my negativity on last week's podcast, I'll be positive this time. I say we'll nick it 1-0 and Gary Medine will score a winner off his kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll set up a glamour tie in which Mark Beavers will fucking bully Sergio Aguero whether he plays or not. If Gary Medine, I'm going to say it on the podcast now, and you can hold me to this, if Gary Medine scores the winner against Palace... I'll get a tattoo of the score like that guy did when we won against Wolves. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, that's no. too. That's too easy. If he scores the win against Palace, you've got to get a tattoo of a washing machine on your ass. That's why my ass. Come out of it on my arm. Well, if you want it on your arm, fucking go for it. I'd probably want it a bit more no, concealed. No, it can't. It can't look. It can't look trendy, Johnny. You can't go for one of these like northern quarter sort. Of oh, vibes. that's what I was. That's what I was going for. And you've you no, sniffed it out straight you're away. Gonna go, <laughs> you're gonna have to go to the dirtiest tattooist that Bolton has to offer, and you've got to get <laughs> oh. it on your ass. Fine. Right. Agreed. I'll virtually shake your hand. A washing machine. Yeah, a washing machine. With, with agreed. A washing machine with Gary Medine's face as the door. <laughs> right, it's done. It's, it's sealed, tied, sealed. Done. Let's we can only hope now. We can only hope. Well, feel free to put that out on Twitter so we can create some sort of hype around it because I'm fully intending on doing it if it happens. Right, <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 discuss this. Right, I believe that is all we've got to offer for episode 69 of the Line of the Street podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Sorry if there's crackles and. Bits of audio missing at points. My internet is shit and I can't do anything about it. So my apologies. You can follow Line of the Inner Suite on Twitter at Line of the Inner Suite. You can get us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Line of the Inner Suite. And of course you can go over to Line of the Inner Suite.com for all our articles on the club and football matches and whatnot. You can follow me on Twitter at Lebroski. You can follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Ecclesley. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Down the Manny RD. And if there's nothing else to say, lads, well, it's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Johnny. Goodbye, everyone. Say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. There's always one dickhead. And it's goodbye from me, Selavi. <laughs> <laughs>